Bibles this morning, we'll be in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 this morning. Very familiar passage. Many of you can quote it. If not, you can quote a little bit of it. You, you know, a little, you've heard it here and there. And uh, we're going read to the, read the whole psalm this morning. I hope it don't wear you out. I hope it don't make you tired. Six verses. We'll get through it. And uh, this psalm is it's one that we, we go over and we look at, and it's just kind of, we throw it in the bank, and we read it at funeral services, retirements, or, or t- tough times in our life. But this is a, this is a psalm, uh, not for that time, so to speak, but for this time. It's a present-day psalm. Uh, psalm 23, if you're there, say amen. We there? Amen. Psalm 23 and verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, I love you, and I thank you for an opportunity to be here. Pray for the pastor as he's away, and I pray, Lord, as I preach, you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, let me only say what needs to be said. We'll we'll be careful to give you all the praise and honor and glory, because we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing we're going to look at this morning, we're going, to look, we're going to talk about that shepherd for a little while. We're going to talk about who that shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. But before we can get into the shepherd, we need to see this psalm. This psalm sits in the middle of two other psalms, Psalm 22 and Psalm 24. Psalm 23 is a valley psalm. Psalm 23 says that, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And when you're in a valley, you're in a low point. And in, in order to have a valley, you have to have two mountains. Right here in Psalm 22, you have Mount Calvary on one side. On, on Psalm 24, you have the hill of God, that's Mount Zion. Right there in the middle, you have Psalm 23, the valley. That is a valley psalm, but it's also a victory psalm. Psalm 22 it is where the penalty of our sin was paid for on the cross of Calvary. If you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Lord and Savior, then the penalty of hell does not apply to you. You have a home in heaven. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave on the cross of Calvary, Psalm 22. But then, Psalm 23, it shows victory over the power of sin. You've now got the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you, and He's leading your path. He's walking where you walk. He's going where you go. Romans 6 is the picture of that, right? Sin may remain, but it does not have to reign in your life. If you get defeated by sin as a Christian, you didn't slip in it, you stepped in it. God gives us the Holy Ghost to overcome those things in our Christian walk. B.R. Lakin said one time that if you're closer to the Lord yesterday than you are today, you're backslidden. Amen. We should be growing and moving forward. And then Psalm 24, one day we'll see his face. What a day that will be with my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by my grace, by his grace, we see that he will one day save us from the presence of sin. Revelation 22, there'll be no sin in heaven. 
Not only do we see that position of that psalm, there's so many more. Psalm 22 is the past. Psalm 23 is the present. Psalm 24 is the future. But we also see the shepherd in these three psalms. Psalm 22 is the good shepherd. John 10, 11, it says that the, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's kind of funny. You read the Old Testament, the sheep would die for the shepherd. But boy, you get into the New Testament, things change, and the shepherd dies for the sheep. I'm glad God dies for the sheep. Amen. Psalm 23 is the great shepherd. Oh, yeah, that's Hebrews 13, 20. He guides us and guards us and provides for us as we tread this, this temporary tabernacle of a body and walk these, this, this world. That, that's the, that's the, they are the dumbest animals you could probably ever find. From what I've studied and I've, what I've read on this psalm, that, that these sheep, they, they are weak mentally. They, they get, you ever heard the term sheepish? sheepish? They get fearful of every little thing. The, those sheep, whenever there's a new, you know, we know the Bible, Jesus is coming back, we got a home in heaven, we are sealed until the day of redemption, no, no, the devil wants to take us to hell, but he can't because we, we have a home in heaven. We, not, nothing, he can take us down. He can take us down into the valleys. He can't take us as far as he wants to take you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But then next thing you know, Fox News says something, and there we go. Fearful, hiding, can't go to church, can't read your Bible, can't pray. Can't pray. Amen. Amen. Sheepish. They, 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 they didn't, they, it didn't come, you know, they, they, they're fearful. They're fearful. They, they, they're physically and mentally just unable to do anything on their own. Most animals have defense mechanisms, right? You got a porcupine, he'll, he'll get you. Um, a dog, he'll bite you, yeah? Amen, I, I'm a preacher, I knock on doors, dogs hate us, I don't know why. You, you, they'll tell us, my dog doesn't bite, yeah, it doesn't bite you, Amen. <laughs> But you know what? Even a skunk, we live in Florida, a skunk stings. You won't get close to a skunk. But a sheep don't have anything. They're not fast like a cheetah. They're not strong like a gorilla. And uh, they're easy prey. What does the Bible say? Be sober, be vigilant, as your adversary, the, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Easy prey. We can't do things in our own flesh. The ways of the sheep. They wander aimlessly. I remember hearing about a man whose neighbor had some sheep. And it was, it was, it was a, just a stone's throw from his house. And one of those sheep wandered over. It, it, it took effort to get him back home. He had no idea where he was at. That sheep could see his own house but didn't know where to go. He just wanders. Anything and everything that comes across their path would, could lure them from the flock that they were already in. The safety of the flock, the safety of the church. We are laborers together. Don't let the, the, the devil desires to sift you as he does Peter. But when the time that you don't think you need to go to church, that's the time you really need to go to church. Yeah, we don't need to wonder. They can't find their way home. You know what Proverbs 14, 12 says? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the, way, the end thereof is the ways of death. We can't pull up our bootstraps to get saved. There's so many people trying to uh, to dunk people, baptism. There's so many times they're trying to go out and we got a handwritten letter from somebody the other day saying, come around here, and we knew who it was. But the ways thereof is death. They, 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 they go every which way, every wind of doctrine carries them around, but they're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God. 
And then you see the worries of the sheep. Sheep won't lay down if they're not, if they're not completely content. They, they, they'll walk through the, the briars and the, and the woods trying to get from point A to point B, pasture to pasture. They, they got real thick wool. You can get thorns in there, and that, that sheep won't lay down. It, it bothers them. They'll get pests. They'll get, they'll get mites. They'll get all these things that hide in their, in their fur, and that's the way the shepherd knows that something's wrong with them because they're restless. You ever heard someone say, what's bugging you? Amen. There's Bible on that. Bet you didn't know that was there. Pastor knows when something's bothering you because he's the shepherd of this flock. Pastor knows when something's not right when you come in. You can wear a smile, you can wear a suit, but something's not right on the inside. The worry of the sheep. When we examine the sheep, we see that they need a shepherd. You leave a sheep by itself, you won't have any sheep very long. Those sheep will wander, they'll go off, and they'll be, they'll be very hard to get back and find and get back together. If we would be honest with ourselves, because of our sin nature, we aren't much better. When we get saved and born again, we have the Holy Ghost that dwells within us, but we still have our old nature. And our old nature is bent against everything that God is. Your old nature is thinking about food right now instead of the Word of God. Your old nature is thinking, what time do we get out of here instead of when's God going to get in here? Your old nature is going to say, I'd rather stay home and go fishing than go to church. Your old nature says, I was going to the prayer meeting, but hey, Krispy Kreme's light was on and I had to do a U-turn. That's right, right. Cause of sin, we ain't much better. We are all like the sheep. In fact, we must, need, we must as Christians, get to a point where we realize that we need a shepherd and that the shepherd doesn't need us. You go to Christian bookstores, what, what, what can God do for you? What, what, can, what can you do for God? You know, God? you know, you walk around and tell people God loves you. Nowadays, they nod and they say, yeah, because I'm so perfect. But the Bible says all of sin comes short of the glory of God, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can't grab our bootstraps and get to heaven. Religion says we're going to work our way to heaven, climb the ladder. But the Bible says it's not man getting to God, it's God coming down to man and fix his problems. Man, God makes everything perfect. Man, because of his sheep-like characteristics, messes it all up, and then God's got to come down and fix it. And you know what? We see that shepherd. We, we, need, we see the importance of a shepherd. I hope you get that this morning, right? Well, I hope we get that we need a shepherd. The Bible says he remembers our frame and he knows that we're dust. If we get, ever get above being dust, we done thought too high of ourselves. You know, when people say, I, I can't go to the nursing home, I don't know what to do. Neither do I. All I know is I've been saved by the gospel, it worked for me, and it'll work for others. And all I know how to do is tell them that Jesus saves, that it's a whosoever gospel. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, I don't know how to knock on doors. Do you have a testimony? Has God changed your life? Something as big as God moves in on you, it should have made some kind of change. We see the importance, but we see the interest. The interest of the shepherd is always the well-being of his sheep. There is an intimate relationship between the shepherd and his flock. I love this. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He removes all those obstacles that worry the sheep. He removes those thorns. Paul prayed for a thorn. He said, when I'm weak, then he is strong. Sometimes God's got to get us to a point where we're laying on our back so we can look up at him. 
Sometimes, he said, he, he takes and removes that fear so he can rest. And I want to talk about that. We can lay down, we can have rest in Jesus Christ. No matter what the world wants to do to us, if, 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 the, if the world wants to take us out, that's the best thing that's going to happen to us. I believe it was uh, John R. Rice many, many, many years ago. Somebody held him up at gunpoint and tried to rob him. And he said, what are you going to do? Are you going to shoot me, threaten me with heaven? Yeah. Amen. I would say that's a tough one to say, but you know what? When it comes down to it, what's the worst thing the world could do is the best thing that could ever happen to us. He gives us rest. It doesn't matter what the post is on your social media. It doesn't matter who's talking on, on, on the news stations. It doesn't matter what banner comes across your phone. Jesus is still on the throne. He can come back any moment. His blood still saves. Heaven's still real. His book's still true. Amen. There's nothing to worry about in this world. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but, but, of, a, uh, but of a sound mind. And then he says we can rest, we can lie down, and he lead us beside still waters. He doesn't lead us beside the waterfall. Remember these sheep, we want to wander out and see what's out there. There's many people like Lot in the Bible who just wanted to go see. He saw something. He looked. He leaned. He lived. And he lost everything in Sodom. He just wanted to go out there and look. You know the Bible says be simple to evil. You know, the Bible says we don't need to know what goes on in the bar rooms and the sin dens of this world. You just take God's word for it, that it'll mess you up and you don't need to go there. Trust God on that. You don't need to know what's out there. He, he, he removes the thorns. He removes the weeds because, you know, that green pasture usually just doesn't show up. That, 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 that shepherd has to go before that sheep and clear out a spot so they can graze. Whatever you are going through today, God has prepared for you yesterday. God is walking through there. Jesus is walking through there. He's, he, he's just clearing things out. He's making there ain't no, sure there's no coyote dens, no lion dens, or anything else that's going to get you. He's going to get you to the green pastures. If you, if you get a call today that somebody's got cancer, God's going to meet you there. You got, you got a phone call. We got some phone calls this week of some things that happened to some of our family members, and boy, they were tragic, but God has already met them there. God knew what was going to happen before it happened because he's leading us to the green pastures. And he removes the thorns. I like to say I could quote this, but I'm going to mess it up, so I'll just take you there. Matthew 11 says, come unto me. That's an invitation. Not come unto Fox News. I don't know why I'm on that this morning. Not come to CNN. Not come into your good friend. Not come into the Pope. Not come unto any kind of other thing. Come unto me, Jesus says. And that all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know how you get you get some rest? You got to go out and labor. Do some work for the Lord. Go out soul winning. Give somebody a track. Tell somebody about Jesus. Get up early. Read your Bible. And it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We sing that song, Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Amen. They've been lifted at Calvary. He allows us to lie down. He allows us to rest. And that water is refreshment. I'll tell you, in a world that loves darkness rather than light, it is great when you get into the Word of God and get a little bit of refreshment. You get in there and know that this is not it. That what the world says is coming to an end. Armageddon's already here. This, that, and the other. I've still got my bets that Jesus is coming back. Not only does He give us what, I, what we need, he, 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 get, he directs us where to go. He says, He leadeth me. Amen. Is Jesus leading you this morning? We're not leading Him. 
We're not probing and prodding him. Well, I really don't feel led to do that. Hey, what's the Bible say? Go into the world, preach the gospel to every living creature. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. That's not, that's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. We should go. Compel them to come in. He says, he leads me. A good shepherd does not drive his sheep. He leads them gently through, their, the, through the life. Psalm 73, 24. I'm just going to read you this real quick. The Bible says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. When you read the word of God, and it, it the closer you are to the light, the more dirt you see, by the way. And when you read the word of God, and it puts its finger on something, do we, do we dismiss it? Or do we go confess it and clean it up? We need short accounts with God. He's leading us in the paths of righteousness. He's leading us into the right paths. Broad is the way to destruction, but narrow is the way, and few will be there to find it. That he is leading us, that God will always lead you in the right way. I wasn't born with a suit on. I wasn't born with a Bible in my hand. And I'll tell you, when I was not saved or living, in, in, living for the Lord... I can look back now that he will not lead you to some of the sin-dens of this world. He will not lead you to a theater with rated R movies. He will not lead you to a pornography site on your computer. He will not lead you to a bar room with a, with, with a bunch of debauchery. The Bible says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Right? He said, Don't even look at the stuff. I don't even know why I went that way. It's not my notes. But I'm telling you, he'll lead you in the right path, and that's not the right path. He wants to give you the best for you. In order to lead, one must have someone following. Is he leading you? Is he dragging you? The Bible says, I was glad when he told me to come into the house of the Lord. Pastor Manning said, are you glad, are you mad, or are you sad? I didn't come in to get out. I come in to get in. My, my, my neighbors know my car's not there right now. They know I'm somewhere, and they're suspecting I'm here at church. I didn't drive this way just to, just to fill a pew. I, I'll come here to see what God can do to help me. Now, and, and he says, he leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in, into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. His name's sake. Does your, your walk match his word today? If Jesus was going was to get home before you did and turn on your TV, what would he see? Would, would it please him or grieve him? If he got in your car, turned the radio on, would he please you? If he, he looks at your heart. He knows your heart. If he was looking there, is there any unclean thing amongst us? He would see it. Is there anything? We've got to get it taken care of. What we're going to, like I said, there, there, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof is death. Men are walking in darkness. Next thing you know, it says, restoreth my soul. I thought we're already saved. I thought this was for Christians. It is. Uh, Philip Keller's got a book on on uh, the sheep and his shepherd, many books, and he talks about the restoring of the soul. One of the most dangerous things or, or concerning things for a shepherd, he would always keep count of all of his flock. And he'd always have that one teenage sheep that wants to go off. Amen? He goes off over there, and that shepherd got to get him over. No, no, we got some good ones. But he always had that one sheep that would wander off, and there was a position, it was called cast or cast down, that sheep would lay down, and it may have been full of wool or pregnant with a lamb, and it would lay down, and if it rolled over all the way onto his back, his feet would stick straight up, and he couldn't get back over. They call it cast 
sheep or cast down. So, so next thing you know, you got to go over there and get that sheep. That shepherd's got to care for it. He's got to keep an eye on it. That rod and that staff, that rod is for protection. That staff is for correction. That rod, he, he, would, he would keep the enemies away, but he would also count those sheep. He's counting them, right? He's counting our church members. He's counting Christians. He's not going to lose one. He's counting one, two, three. He knows where you're at. He knows why you're here. He knows your motive. He's counting them. But then he looks and he's missing one. He's missing one. He's got to go find him. He may be cast. He's only got a few hours or he's going to die. Only a few hours, a few minutes. A lot of people say, I'm, I'm mad because somebody said this or somebody thought that or I thought somebody said I thought they thought that at church and then they don't come to church. I'll just miss it one time. Ten years later, down the road, where they at? Walked away, right? That shepherd's not going to let you go away. That shepherd's tapping on your shoulder. That shepherd says, come to church, get in your Bibles, get right, get right. He's cast down. He's turned over. He can't get back up again. If not returned to its upright position by the shepherd, it will die. And you know what else? When that shepherd, when that sheep is cast and it's flipped over, it's easier target for prey. Oh, this, it's, it's easy. It's easy to catch a sheep as it is, right? We have, we have the big enemies against us, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? We love not the world, or love the Father's not in us. You just better get more affection, get your heart on God, and not get your heart on this world, right? And then the lust of the flesh, you walk in the spirit, not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? You resist the devil. People say, I like the old preachers where they say, I feel like charging hell with a squirt gun. That sounds good, but you, the Bible doesn't tell you that. It's good preaching, but not good doctrine. In Jude, in Jude, Michael, the archangel, said, the Lord rebuke thee. Hey, when, when he comes knocking on your shoulder... You just tell him the Lord rebuke thee. Just, just, we ain't got time to entertain you. You know that he's, but but that one that's sitting still, he's a sitting target. Years ago, I did some boxing training with a guy who who boxed in Marvin Hagler's gym. He's real good, and I'm not no any good at it. But we had a good time, and and uh, he showed me footwork and how you got to keep moving, because if you you stop moving, that heavy bag that you were hitting, you become that thing. Yeah, you, you, if uh, moving targets harder to hit. And that sheep's laying there, he can't get up, he can't do anything. Those coyotes, those animals out there are going to come right for him. Some of the easy ways that, that a sheep would get cast down, they get sick. They get spiritually sick. So many people in this day and age think God's their best friend, think he's awesome. I'm sure there's some churches in, out there today, he's an awesome God or something. He's almighty, he's holy, holy, holy. Hey, we, we, you, know, you know the problem we have in our churches in America? Psalm 4 says, stand in awe, A-W-E. Stand in awe and sin not. You're going to sin when you lose the awe of God. You're going to sin when you, re, you forget who God is. The fear of God still needs to be there in our homes, in our lives, in our churches. The fear of God. They get sick spiritually. They, they say, when it's a good day, Mother Nature did it. When it's a bad thing, God did it. Well, how could God let that bridge fall and all these people die? How could God do this and how can God do that? The goodness of God leads to repentance. We live in a sinful world around sinful people. And their sinful actions create sinful consequences. And it's a ripple effect that comes across all over the place. Some things are just that way. The Bible never says that life is fair. But one day it will get reconciled. They get comfortable. They go in, they go out, they, they just make it a routine, those sheep do. 
Church is just another day to fill a time slot on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Revival's coming. Well, we're supposed to go to church. Yeah, comfortable. And then cold. Sheep get cold because they want to huddle up and get down on the ground. And what they do is they lay down where they think it's nice, soft grass, but it's actually a hole, and they fall in there, and their feet stick straight up, and they're done. They're done. Game over. They get cold. How many churches we go into? Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Walk out of here, and every little thing that happens just defeats us during the week. We've done got cold to the Word of God, the preaching of God's Word, a relationship. The shepherd's path is the right path. And for the sheep, it's the only path. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And then we see the shepherd's promise. The shepherd knows his own. John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. One of the only things that the sheep know are the voice of his shepherd. One thing that he can know when that... They say whenever that sheep becomes so acquainted with that shepherd, Jesus said, I am the door to the sheep. That, that he would literally be a door, the shepherd would. He would lay at the opening of the sheepfold so no prey or nothing could come in. He says, I am the door. Those sheep would know who protects him. They would know who loves him. They would know who cares for him. They would know who pulls those animals off and the thorns off and the things that are bothering them through the day. They will know who the one is that leads them behind, beside the still waters. They will know who the one is that leads them in the right paths, and they'll eventually get acquainted with them. But then we see a big old change here in the wording of Psalm 23. And I want to show you, show you real quick. The Bible says, okay, I'm walking my paths right here. Right, right here where this microphone stand is the end of my Christian life. I get saved over here in the pulpit. Right? The Lord. That, that's Jesus Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. You see that? I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He uh, leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for, what's the next word? Thou. The subject changes. As I'm walking this Christian life, as I'm going towards eternity where Jesus stands, it's always me looking and talking about him, David said. The Lord, he, he. And then in that verse, when I get to the end of my life and I step out of the temporal into the eternity, it goes from third person to second person. It goes from us talking about him to talking to him. It goes from him leading us through this life to him escorting in a, us into eternity. It goes from the, you know, it says the shadow of the valley of death. A shadow of a sword can't harm you. The shadow of a lion can't bite you. And the shadow of death cannot harm a born-again Christian. We will walk here like Stephen when he's getting stoned. He looked up and Christ gets up off the throne. He said, I see him up there. One day when we cross over, the, the Bible says, Blessed is he, blessed is the death of a, what is it? Uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The Bible says, be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
We go from walking and talking about him to one day being escorted into glory by him. The rich man was buried, but Lazarus was carried into heaven. I'm telling you, when one day I was at work, and I had to go, uh, there was these apartments that had like four, four houses up top, four on the bottom. And I had to go in, and I had to go out the back. And they all have balconies. And you go out the back, and I had to look, see how something was configured. And I, when I walk out the back, there's a laundry room here. And all of a sudden, I heard this dog, right? He started barking. He was about 350 pounds. He, he hadn't eaten in two weeks. He, he should have been in a zoo somewhere. And what did I do? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I shut the laundry room door. I'm now locked in with, with the hounds of hell on the other side. And next thing you know, I wait a few minutes. It gets quiet, and I crack, my, crack the door a little bit. Then I hear him again. And I said, my goodness, I'm going to be in here. I'm going to have to call somebody to come out here and, and get me out of here. I'm stuck. I mean, it, it was pretty rough. And next thing you know, a few minutes go by, it gets quiet. I said, maybe I can sneak out of here. And I crack that door again, and I hear him. Brah, here he comes again. But I can't see him. And as I look through that door and I hear that dog, there's a guy walking right here. Well, like me and Miss Tammy, not far at all. And I'm like, I don't see a leash. I don't see anything. And I got the door cracked like this. I said, where's he at? And he went like this, on the balcony above me, <laughs> less than two feet away. He was barking. He was growling. He was, he was drooling all through, the, all through the balcony, just wanted to tear my head off. But you know what? The reason he couldn't get to me was because something was between me and him, and it was that balcony. And the reason death and on the grave can't get a Christian, because Jesus himself is between you and it. And I'm glad it is. I'm glad it is. And then you see there's a table, there's a cup, there's a house. That's a place of fellowship. Once we get over there, it's not the end. He just don't walk us through, drop us off at daycare and go on home or something, right? Drop us off at teen camp, go on. He sits with us. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with all my cup, it runneth over. Hey Amen. I, I think that's enough to shout about this morning. He's given us more than we deserve. He's given us more des- than we deserve. We got up this morning. There we go. I blew something out. Amen. But we, we would go. We would go to the, the you know, the Bible. I mean, it was a take your sons to work day. And what they would do is you go in there and you see all these cubicles and they had pictures. They had pictures of loved ones. They had pictures of husbands and children and friends and family. We always talk about heaven as a place, but it's going to be about a person. I never saw anyone with a picture of their front yard on their desk. I've never seen it with their back porch on there, right? 
or they're double wide on their tray on their desk, right? Amen. Heaven's not about a place, it's about a person. One day we are going to see his face. One day. And it says there's a place, there's a person, and there's a permanence. The house of the Lord for a little while. Not in my Bible, this is King James. Forever. Forever. In my father's house of many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if you don't step out of heaven by the way of a burial or a natural death or some other way, God calling you home, he's still going to escort you at the rapture. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Either way, are you satisfied with the shepherd as David was? Are you content in his care? Yes, we just had Christmas, and yes, our flesh is weak, and we're already looking for something else, right? We're not satisfied. But what David is saying, you can be satisfied with the shepherd. You can be content in his care. People say, how do you have joy? What Jesus has given me is so great that this world can't take it away. I'm going to take you to, I'm going to, take you to a passage real quick in closing. 1 Samuel 16. 17, David, David's going out to fight against Goliath. I saw this the other day, and, and if I was in my bathtub, bathtub, I would have splashed about, made a big mess. And, uh, but I'll tell you, the Bible, Bible, God don't put anything in his Bible by accident. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 20, David rose up early in the morning, left his sheep with a keeper, and took when his Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight. And shouted for the battle. David rose up early. I know somebody else that's a picture. That David's a picture of. Rose up his resurrection term. He rose up early one morning. You know who that is? That's Jesus Christ. He rose up on that morning. That third day. And then it said he left his sheep with a keeper. He doesn't leave us alone. He leads us, leaves us with the comforter. He leaves us with the Holy Spirit. He leaves us with somebody. A paraclete. One of like. It means of the same. If Jesus was still here and he'd have to sit in Jerusalem, we'd have to go get help. But since he goes on to the right hand of the Father, sends, his, sends the Holy Spirit, he can dwell within each and every one of us. And he can walk with us and talk with us a long life's narrow way. And then he goes and he did as G uh, Jesse had commanded. Jesus said, I do all that please the Father. He did just what God wanted him to do. And then it said he rose up forth to fight in the battle. Psalm 24 says, who is he? The king, great in battle. Boy, there's a picture of Psalm 22, 23, and 24 right there in 1 Samuel. What a blessing it is. Lord, we love you. I thank you once again for being in your house this morning. I pray you use this message. Help somebody here. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done. And once again, be with the pastor as he's away. Be with the Bill Rice Ranch tonight. We just love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. No one's looking around. I don't know anyone's heart here today. Maybe somebody could say, I don't know if the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, somebody here has been to church, got a little bit of religion, but the Bible says these things are written so that you may know that you have eternal life. Salvation isn't guesswork. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. I won't call you out. I won't pull you forward. I won't embarrass you. If someone's here today and says, I don't know if I'm, not, if I'm going to heaven today, but I sure don't want to go to hell. Someone's here today, just lift their hand up. I'll pray for you. Amen. Maybe somebody here is a Christian, saved and born again, but they're trying to lead the Lord around instead of let him lead them. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that's bugging you this morning that the Lord can take care of for you. Maybe there's something God's put his hand on that you need to take care of, but you won't let go. Anything you let go for Jesus is going to be a good thing to let go. Anything that hinders your walk is, is, a, is a hindrance to your spiritual life, and it's a grievance to the Holy Spirit. Anyone like that, raise your hand. God spoke to your heart. Amen. Amen. Piano's going to play. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Stand to your feet. Altars are open. Best thing I ever did was take the reins off my life and give them to him. I make a mess of things, but he's in the business of getting it right. What a savior. What a savior. 